Welcome, Wildcats, to the first episode of Weber State Weekly's Women's Hoops Show. We're back after a long hiatus. It's been a long offseason, folks, and here ready to talk about women's hoops. I'm your host, Colby Peterson, on the show today. Oh, I, I got to remind you folks, remember, Big Sky Podcast Network, we're in it. So check those guys out. We got a lot of other uh, fellow colleagues. I don't think anybody else is talking about women's hoops, but uh, you know, some of them might still be talking about football, talking men's hoops. You know, that's the thing. So go check out our Big Sky Podcast Network fo- uh, fellow uh, podcasts. But uh, on the show today, we've got... Uh, We've got a, a former player uh, and a former graduate assistant. So, uh, you know, Dominique has seen both sides of it. She's been on the floor. She's been on the bench coaching, holding the thing. So uh, former Weber State forward Dominique Williams joining us tonight. Dominique, thank you so much, man. Yes, thank you for having me. Very excited to talk hoops and just talk about Weber State women's basketball. Yeah, I want you folks to know that as soon as Dominique hopped on, you know, we started talking about Weber State. She's like, man, yeah, Weber State always. And I'm like, yes, that's the energy I want. Always go Wildcats. So she's got it. Also returning to the show today, we've got Brooke Minnick. Hey, Brooke, you've been going to games. I, I've, I've seen you in the broadcast um, in, in your spot. Uh, well, of course I've been there. I better not be on camera, though. <laughs> 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 camera, Brooke's always a little camera shy, but uh, don't worry. I'm coming to I'm coming to Utah soon. And when I do, I'm going to bring more signs. Last time I was there, Brooke and I had some oh. good signs. You remember our sign last time? Splash Sisters and Cord Penser, Jaden, Jaden, yeah, Jaden, and uh, I think I had Darren on that one too. And then uh, somebody else had a game. I think that was the game that um, I think that might have been the game that Aloma had a bunch of threes made. And I was like, "What? I got to add her to the thing." Anyway, it was a good day. Yeah, I'll make sure to put those up up in front of my face. Yeah, I know she was always like this. She was like, "I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to be on camera." Oh yeah, what a day! That was great. Get to the palace, folks. It's so much fun. But uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about today's show. So uh, we're gonna do some game. We're gonna hop right into the season. Um, it's been underway for a couple of weeks, but obviously we've been a little bit tied up doing women's uh, volleyball and also doing football. Unfortunately, both of those have come to an end. So it's not all right. Now we got a little bit of bandwidth. We can start talking about hoops. And so here we are. So we're gonna talk about uh, last week's games against Seattle and uh, technically this week's game against Tarleton State. Um, so we'll talk about how the game went against the Texans. Then we're going to preview for you folks this week's game against North Dakota in Grand Forks. Uh, if you've been watching Wildcat sports or Wildcat women's vol- uh, women's basketball for a while, you'll know that North Dakota used to be in the conference. So this trip to Grand Forks is not unfamiliar to this coaching staff. And so we'll talk a little bit about what North Dakota is doing now kind of where they are and how they might match up against the Wildcats. But before we get into all that, I want to encourage everybody, please subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all good places to find Weber State Weekly. If you've got friends and family members who care about Weber State sports, uh, maybe they care about, you've been watching the WNBA, hey, you should tell them about Weber State Women's Hoops show. Tell them, hey, there's, these guys are talking about women's hoops and uh, would, we'd love to have that support. So let your folks know. And also, if, if, you, if they like, you know what? I don't listen to podcasts. I'm a more social media person. You're, you're in luck. Weaver State Weekly on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all good places to interact with us. Uh, so if you're more of an Instagram person, hey, check out our stories sometimes. Or uh, if you're a person that really loves Twitter for sports, we love being on sports too. We wrote a couple of uh, really nice things, hopefully, that uh, Coach Jay Hill saw as he headed out um, after nine great years at Weber State. So sad day for Wildcats on Twitter, but also uh, a day to kind of reminisce and think about Coach Hill. So also on Twitter. And then we're on Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash Weaver State Weekly. If you want to become a patron, help support us. Trying to get a little bit of money. 
hire some folks, invest in Weber State Weekly. We would appreciate the support. So uh, go ahead, become a patron. We'd love to have your support. Uh, but if anything, just tell folks about Weber State Weekly. If they're Wildcat fans, kind of Wildcat fans, even if they're not Wildcat fans, make them one. Tell them about Weber State Weekly. So, all right, that's the intro. All right, we did the stuff. We, we sold it. We sold the thing. So now let's, let's talk about last week's uh, matchup. So let's start with the Seattle game um, because this one was, uh, I think, uh, a game that I'm not going to call it must win, but it was like, this is a should win. This was a should win game. Seattle was coming into this game. Uh, they weren't in a good spot. They were dead last in the whack. Um, and so it was like, okay, this is a very winnable game at the Palace, and the Wildcats didn't disappoint they come in and they handle they handle Seattle U. They win the game 64-51. So let's dive in, folks. Um, against Seattle, um, the story of the game, Monka and Jaden Matthews, J-double-double. Had, had good games. Both had 15 points in this one each. But uh, I think the thing that surprised me the most was Kyle Sane. She had 12 of her own on 4-6 shooting. And so, uh, Dominique, I wanted to start with you. Do you expect her to kind of like maybe start hitting double digits scoring consistently as the season wears on? Because it's obvious that she's got the talent. Uh, she's got the ability to score. And I think that production at that point guard position is something that the Wildcats have, have lacked. Yeah, I do. I do see her just becoming that next, that next one up for that scoring position. I yeah. think um, with Monka and Jaden having those double doubles, which they should have one every game, no doubt in my mind that they should, shouldn't have one. But um, I think she is that next, that can be that next player. She handles the ball well. She has quickness. She has a pretty good IQ. Like I feel that she could be that next scorer if she just kind of decides that she wants to be that next scorer. I'm sure Coach V is telling her that she has opportunities to take the shots that we need if the offense is, you know, if we can't get a shot, then you're the next one who can take it. So I do see her being that next scorer, and I hope that she does rise into that role. Um, when I was grad assisting last year, you could just see the potential. So I hope she does, you know, rise into that role because I think, you know, the Wildcats would really need it. And that would be like, she'd be a great addition if she rose into that role. So especially that Northern Colorado game, which the Wildcats did end up losing in overtime, but like you really saw Kaya's quality, I think in that game and like what might be because she comes in off the bench. She has a big impact late in the game and it's like, okay, yeah, we like to see it. I think we ended up interviewing her the very next week because of that performance. We were like, we got to get her on the show. And so we did, we got to talk to her about coming to Weber state and all that. But uh, yeah, um, I think we saw a little bit of that in this game too. Where she's four of six, she's taking those opportunities because because Monka and Jaden are going to draw a lot of attention, right? And with Emma out right now, you know they're kind of the offensive engine, right? You know if you know if LT is not hitting threes, um, they're it, you know, because Emma's not there to score. And so having that extra person to kind of you know improve the spacing a bit, love it. Brooke, what are you thinking on Kaya? I mean, do you think that, um, of course, we, we know about her scoring ability, but do you think also that her ability to pass the ball improves because, you know, like Dominique said, she has that quickness and a lot of times that creates because it draws the defense and, and gives opportunities to pass the ball away and get easy buckets? How, how do you see her passing ability improving as the season wears on? I think it'll only get better. She's already kind of taking over the offense um and i have already noticed you know a few times she she's taking those open lanes because manka she's she's driving and getting fouled or just taking it on top um which that kind of takes away from the passing question but yeah but hey um two points is fine <laughs> yeah yeah i for, but to answer your question yes i think i think she'll only get with as much and she's already 
getting more playing time this year than I kind of expected. So I think I'm here. Yeah. yeah and part of that is, you know, because of the injury to Emery Lavelle, uh, which is unfortunate, you know, cause I think Emery was the, the obvious successor to Aloma. You know, Emery had, you know, been, been the bench point guard coming in off the bench and, you know, Aloma had some injuries herself. And so Emery was probably the most experienced point guard on the roster, but now she's going through her own troubles. And so, you know, it's kind of creating a similar situation that Emery had last year when Aloma was, you know, hurt a little bit. Uh, and so now she's getting those opportunities and she's making the most of them, which is nice to see. And so I think that if, if, if Kaya can, you know, take some of that pressure off of Monka and Jaden to score and like draw some of the defense to her, cause they have to respect her scoring ability, especially if she can improve her shooting, man, like that's just going to pay so many dividends for this wildcat offense because it's going to spread them out. It's going to spread the defense, which is also going to create more opportunities for rebounds, which Wildcats already do really well. So the, the one thing I want to talk about, though, um, about the Wildcats offense is the, the shooting from three. Now, it wasn't necessarily a thing that uh, was it wasn't a big a part of the offense last year. You know, they were definitely a team that lived in the paint and they ate in the paint and they really were successful there. There were games where, you know, Corey Penser would go off or somebody would have, you know, a, they would get really hot behind the three point line. Jade Matthews had some good, some good shots down the stretch. Emma Torbert had some really good shots down the stretch. She really stretched the floor, but so far not a key part of, uh, of what the team is doing so far, you know, just going three of 13 in this game. They're shooting 26% as a team from behind the arc this season, but opponents are also only shooting 26% against the Wildcats. So do you think that um, we see more of what we saw last season where shooting from three was a nice to have, but it wasn't essential to what Coach V was running? Or do you think it starts to play more of a role uh, as time goes on because... You know, teams, they they see the blueprint. They know what the system at Weber State is all about. And they feel like if they can just clog the paint, they can gum up the offense and give themselves a chance. Yeah, I definitely see um, as the season progresses and as, you know, teams start to scout, I can see that the three is going to become um, part of the offense because they are going to start to pack the paint. They're going to see, like, yeah. we have a few drivers, we have some good posts that are going to bang and they're going to score. So I think they're going to take that into consideration that we've got to pack the paint more. And I think um, that'll just, um, the Wildcats will just have to decide with their threes, just taking good threes. I think what I've noticed throughout the games is they're not good threes. The threes that they are taking are kind of contested or they're just shot clocks winding down or throwing up a three. I think what we need to see more is that as they're attacking the paint and as they play teams that are going to pack that paint, that three is going to be open and they're going to have better shot selection. So I think it's just going to require some of the players uh, to kind of step up more and take those threes if they have the open three because because um, teams are going to pack the paint. So I can see that becoming like part of the offense um, as the season progresses. Yeah. And obviously like if you're, if you're being afforded those opportunities and they're not going to respect you from the three point line, make them pay for it. Right. Because then eventually they're going to have to adjust. And that only works to the Wildcats benefit. Brooke, do you think, I mean, so Monka, I, she did a lot of work with her shot this, this off season. You could tell she, she worked an awful lot. She worked with, you know, Dylan Jones, who was also a great three point shooter himself. She did a lot of work with Dylan in the gym. And so you can see that Monka's shot has really, really improved. I don't know if you saw that really great uh, um, reel that they did where Monka was shooting with the machine coming back and she's just like money, mm -hmm. money, money, mm -hmm. money, money. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you, Brooke, you know, have you seen maybe uh, improvement in individual players' shots thus far in this young season that, that has been noticeable to you comparing last year 
to now this year, even though there have only been a handful of games thus far in the young season? Hmm. <laughs> That's kind of a tough question. Sure, because it may not be um, noticeable right now. Because like we said, 26% yeah. from three right now. Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. Because it, um, it, it, it may not be there. But so I just wanted to see if there was anything noticeable. You're like, oh yeah, I did notice this person. Or it's like, yeah, maybe they're shooting a little bit better. Who knows? Um, maybe, um, Vicky even, um, she's taking shots. Um, oh gosh, I don't. Which by the way, Vicky, I, 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 don't I, didn't, know, I didn't know this. I didn't know this until this season. She's from Valencia. I knew she was, she was Spanish, but I didn't know she was from Valencia. My favorite Spanish town. Uh, my wife and I went there a couple of years ago uh, and went to Barcelona, but made sure we went to Valencia. And man, that's a place. I mean, I'd much rather go to Valencia than Barcelona. Take that for what it's worth. Just let me know when we can go. I would love yeah. to go. <laughs> it's a great place. It's a great place. Get the, get the... I'm going to remind her after this. Like, listen, we talked about this hey. podcast. Like, yeah. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, let's go to Andalusia. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Final question here about the Seattle matchup, and then we'll move on to Tarleton State. Uh, 32 of the Wildcats' points came in the paint. That's what they do well, and uh, that's continued on into this season. Uh, even though they're missing senior standout Emma Torbert, she's out with some injury right now, uh, which is unfortunate because her impact is massive for this team. Offensively you know, and rebounding, she's just so talented. Like we said earlier, the ability to stretch the floor, people have to respect Emma's shooting ability, and so she draws the defense out and creates space, which is terrific. But um, they're missing her right now, but have still continued to get, you know, in this one, 32 points came in the paint. Um, do you think that with Emma out and with needing to kind of work with new players in the front court uh, and some players that didn't get a ton of experience last year, that now they're maybe seeing a little bit more of that experience? So, I mean, some new players that we haven't seen uh, until this year. We're going to talk about Amelia. Riot Avete, Riot Vita. I should have, I should have done it on a pronunciation guide. Sorry, Amelia. I think you're great though. Um, so she's coming in. Um, Tamali'i Fonoti. She's getting some. She's getting some more experience too. Do you think that these, these, this time now where Emma's out, where we know when she returns, she's going to be the starter, pays dividends for the bench going forward because it's like they're getting comfortable, they're getting playing minutes. We know that they're not the permanent starters. But getting those opportunities now could be great because you just want to be able to ramp up and get hot going into March, heading to Boise. What do you folks think? Oh, I was like, I can go first. Go ahead, Dominique. Go ahead first. Yeah, go ahead. I should have just um, called it out. Like, go ahead. Yes. No, no worries. <laughs> um, no, I think um, I think with Emma out just creates a, a ton of opportunity for you know the yeah. younger players and players coming off the bench. Um, I think it just allows them to get a feel. I think right now, you know, preseason like these non-conference games, like these are important times to like, get a feel. Just get your experience, you know, playing these D1 teams, introduce you to D1 basketball, you know. A lot of them are coming from high straight from high school. So it's like there's like extreme difference <laughs> to coming to college from high school. So I think this just allows them a lot of opportunities to try to um, get comfortable and get a feel for the game more. Because um, obviously when Emma comes back, you know, those, limits, those minutes might, you know, 
not, not be as spread out and kind of be more limited for some of them. So I think this just allows them a good opportunity. Like this is a good opportunity right now for them to just get a feel of the game. And so Brooke, do you think that, um, like we said, the, the paint is a key, key piece to the system that coach V runs. Um, it was key last season. This season, it's just, you know, high percentage shots close to the rim are what she likes to see. It's the, it's the offense that we've seen for a while. So do you think that um, not only do the Wildcats have opportunities to play, you know, these the, these Wildcats in the front court have opportunities to play in the system and get comfortable, you know, playing in the paint and playing with their backs to the basket and all those good things, but also... Um, th- this can also be opportunities for them to get better at their boxing out, their rebounding, because they're already a great rebounding team, just creating those kinds of opportunities. Like what other things aside from the scoring piece and just being on the floor, do you think, what, what benefits do you see from these minutes right now that they're getting because of, of a need for the team? Well, I think it's, um, just like you said, basics. Um, uh, right now we- you said no. The mind is uh, working on uh, layups. <laughs> yeah. um, oh. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not very um, helpful today. <laughs> yeah, all good. And so um, the Wildcats they end up rolling in this one. You know, they get a good, a good win. And by the way, I mean, so far, Wildcats are four and five in this, in this young season. And so uh, it's a good spot to be in. It's been, uh, there are some, some really big tests coming up, like Utah's coming to the Purple Palace and they've, they've shown some, some, some quality this season, but a good win to stack up 64 to 51 Wildcats take care of business against Seattle University and they move on. So we'll look forward to now Tarleton State, a road game against Tarleton State in Texas against the Texans. And so uh, let's talk a little bit about this. Um, when I, I, I didn't have a chance to watch this, but I did uh, spend some time, you know, checking out the scores, looking at some of the comparisons. And one thing that there were really two quarters that kind of got away from the Wildcats in the second and in the fourth, uh, where the Texans shot 60 and 80% from three respectively. So 60% in the second quarter, 80% from three in the third, in the fourth quarter. Um, and that was really kind of where the game lied because if they, you know, if they, if they can kind of slow that bleeding, it's a much more competitive game. And so my question, Dominique, is how do you think the Wildcats as a defense can, you know, when teams want to shoot the ball from behind the arc, because we're inevitably, inevitably they're going to face those teams as they move through the season. How do they force the ball inside a little bit more and play to their strength, which is we want to play inside. We want to force you to play against uh, against our front court and dare you to try and, you know, shoot over them. How do they get that when they're a team that's so focused in the paint and a team like Tarleton State is taking advantage of the space that's being given? Um, I think first it kind of starts off with your energy on defense. Um, mm. I think at def- I mean, yeah, I think energy without if you don't bring energy into defense, it's not it's not going to go well for you. I think um, anyone can kind of play defense, but it's all about that energy. And I think how you create that energy is with your talk, with your communication. 
um, just watching the game, I just kind of felt it was a little quiet. Um, I know it's very quiet to, uh, to um, Coach V's liking. She does. She loves communication. She loves talk. So I just kind of felt like when you don't have that, that, um, that lack of talk and communication, you have a lack of energy. And I think just kind of watching them, it just kind of looked like they were a little bit like a step slow, which was causing them to, you know, to get those open shots they were getting and shooting a lot um, um, at the perimeter and, and uh, just lighting us up from the three. So I just thought they just need to have a little bit more talk and energy. So I thought that was like the biggest lack. So I feel like if they, when they have that, and you've seen that, in, you know, some of the games they've had this season, when they have the energy and they're talking, and you know, and they're really trying to defend, I think that creates a difference. So. I would just say energy and talk would really create the difference for them. And I think that would really improve the defense. Yeah. Cause small things, right? Like it's, it's not necessarily something you think about where it's like talking on the court, Colby, like, yeah, super important to talk about what's going on, you know, and like what's going to happen because if you have a player with a high IQ that knows what the set is and they know what's coming, they can communicate to their teammates. I mean, you see it in football all the time. You see, you know, you see a linebacker who has a high IQ and he knows what, you know, he knows what's coming or some guy on the D line, he's going to call it out. So the rest of the defense knows, Hey, they're doing this. So then some of those guys can know like, Oh, okay. This is what's going to happen. Same, same rules apply in basketball. Um, Another thing I was going to talk about was like, okay, Colby. So they shot 16, 80%. Like, what does that mean? Like maybe they made one for two. Like, no, they shot six for 10 in the second quarter. They shot four of five in, in the fourth quarter. So it's not like they made like a couple shots and like the, the percentages are inflated. Like those are pretty good numbers from three in those two quarters. So it's just it's 10 threes right there. That's 30 points folks. So Brooke, I wanted to ask you, I mean, in this one, um, offense was kind of sluggish too. Like, what did you see that was, you know, that Tarleton was doing? Like, why did you feel that the offense was a little bit slower in this one and that they weren't able to keep up with what the Texans were doing? a little bit of confession. I was not able to watch much of this game. That's okay. Cause I said the same thing. I was not <laughs> yeah. able to watch this one. And so, I mean, if you're, if you were a stats checker like me for this one, Hey, totally understand. <laughs> but I mean, overall, just I like think, checking the stats, anything stood out to you from this one? Turnovers. I, I think yeah. I, the parts that I did watch it just, there were other and it, and then they go down and hit threes and it was, just kind of a killer and then they you know we don't get a basket or here and there and then it would be oh, oh they'd hit a three like, like there just was no energy just they just i, I think you could tell i think um because i got to watch this i was able to watch this one but uh, <laughs> i think you could just tell watson had a ton of energy on defense i mean yeah. they were pressuring the ball they were in gaps they were in help and i felt um just Weaver State's just offense wasn't um, the pace was slow. I can hear Coach V's voice in my head right now. Pace, pace. That's, I mean, that's all our practices are about. Because offense, if there's no pace and a team is pressuring you like that, and then it's causing turnovers and it's causing like your yeah, mind giving them time to think. Right, because someone's just all in your face and they're all up on you like when you're on the ball or in help or in the, you know or in the um, in gaps or anything like that. So I just thought the pace was really slow. And then when you're playing a team that has that much energy and just, you know, and they're feeding off of that and they're scoring off the turnovers. So I think that just, it makes it hard to stop the bleeding when you're also in your offenses and, you know, when you can't get anything on offense as well. So. Yeah. I mean, so in this one, Tarleton state, they, they cause 24 turnovers. I mean, they, they themselves come away with 13 steals and they get 22 points off of those turnovers. So, I mean, that's a, 
that's a fair bit. And when, when you're scoring 86, you know, nearly a quarter of those are from turns um, plus 24, 24 turns is a lot. And it's, a, it's a theme from last year. We talked a lot about the turnover game and how it affected a lot of, of, of games, especially uh, those games that were either close losses or games where the Wildcats were never really in it because they had turned the ball over, especially early. So many times just, it just, it makes it tough to run the system and get comfortable and hit a rhythm when you're not able to constantly get your shots up and get opportunities to score because you turned the ball over, you know, another thing I want to talk about in this one was um, I want to talk about Monka's performance because, you know, Darren Hickok goes off for 28 points. Uh, she was, she was incredible. I, I read that this was, it tied her career high. I tried to confirm that, but I ran out of time, but I think it was, a, it tied her career high at 28. And so a great game from Monka. I mean, absolutely dominant game, but then only one other wildcat got into double figures uh, in this one. And I feel like it's, it's weird. Cause it's like a double-edged sword, right? It's like Monka goes for 28 and that's great. But then nobody else is able to get a lot. Jaden Matthews goes for 10 and she's the only other wildcat to score in double figures. And so my question is, um, how do you think, um, do you feel that part of the problem was that the turnovers, what were, what kept wildcat, the, the wildcats from, you know, other players from scoring because, you know, they're doing the things. I mean, because there certain players had hot, had some elevated turnover numbers, right? Uh, especially in the front court, you know, which, you know, I think goes to what you were saying earlier, Dominique, where it was like, it's tough because there's this energy. You're trying to get the ball inside because that's your offense. They're going to, they're just going to crash. They're going to create those turnovers. And then other players, especially the front court, aren't getting those opportunities to score because of turning the ball over because the defense is doing it. Did you feel it was more that, or it was more just like, just not able to hit shots, which, which did you feel? Um, I think it was a little, a little bit of both, but I think the turnovers were a real um, problem. You would see little things like they're just going to pass the ball to another teammate and Carlson is just in the gap and they're slapping it for a fast break layup or they have some shooters leaking out spotting up for a three. So I think the turnovers that, um, I think that is what just kind of really slowed the Wildcats down. You would see there was moments when they're coming back, that there would just be a turnover that would be shortly after that. So I think that just kind of, um, when you're trying to stop the bleeding and then you feel like you're stopping it and then it comes little things like turnovers that are kind of in your control, some of them, um, I think that just makes it real difficult um, to come out of that and to try to um, beat a team like Charlton, which is actually a pretty good team. Yeah, so. So it was kind of difficult in that aspect to try to stop the bleeding when it's like, when it's like, you're just making, you know, simple turn, like easy, I would call them easy turnovers. Like that was an easy turnover for the demons to get. So. Yeah. Brooke, I wanted to ask you. Um, so aside from like, we, we talked about the turns uh, as a theme from last year, I also noticed that uh, assists are a little bit low and I was like, you know, is that any different? I was trying to remember all the times that we talked last season. I was like, did we talk about assist numbers? Was that something that, you know, we, we brought up a lot? Or is it just kind of like, yeah, assist numbers weren't high last year either. Do you, do you remember? Mm, yeah, I can't remember. I yeah, I don't remember if we talked a lot about that. But it feels like assist numbers are a little bit low right now. And maybe that's contributing to it as well. Because the ball isn't moving as much as it should. And so when the ball sticks, you know, it gives, you know, we talked about pace just a second ago. When you give the defense time to think and to get set, it's a little bit more difficult. Whereas like you keep the ball moving um, defense, you know, they have to adjust to that. And so 
you know, when the ball's sticking, maybe that's the reason assisting isn't isn't as high as maybe you'd like it to be. Uh, one last thing on this before we do the preview for North Dakota. Um, Wildcat defense only has four steals in this game. Dominique, you mentioned, of course, Tarlin State, a good team. Uh, right now, uh, we're going into, well, I guess right now, I don't know if they played another game, but they're five and two, in, you know, at the end of this one. Um, it's a good team. They don't, they don't stink. You know what I mean? And so, you know, the Wildcats only come away with four turns or four steals. Um, do you think that the steals improve over the season? Is that a key emphasis? Or do you think, like you said earlier, Dominique, is just a function of energy? Defensive energy spurs transition transition offense, which easy buckets if you can get them in transition. And so do you think the energy level picks up on? Uh, how, how do you see the, the the defense creating offense as we go throughout the schedule? Uh, I, def- I definitely see it improving. Um, I know right. some, of the, some of the coaches were some of the coaches that I had. So I know for a fact that the lack of energy will not be, they will not allow that to continue. Yeah. And I don't believe yeah, make any sure. Right. <laughs> and I don't believe any of the girls will either. I, a lot of those players that I got to either play with or when I was grad assisting, I was, you know, got to be a part of just kind of helping them. I know that a lot of them are high energy players and they know how to defend. Um, there's plenty of them on the floor that are able to get those steals. So I believe that that is, that is definitely going to improve throughout the season. Um, I just think when you have that energy that creates the steals, that creates the stops, mm-hmm. that creates that everything that, you know, the Wildcats need to, you know, to force those terms to get those steals. So I see that improving a lot. Um, I think um, the coaches emphasize a lot defense. So I can see that that is going to improve. So, yeah. and I know that, she does, and I know there's like, they do that, there is a lot of like pressing and there is a lot of pressure. I know that it is some big emphasis. So I can see that improving a lot. Brooke, I was going to ask you, I mean, I think you've had, you've had a couple opportunities to, to show up to the purple palace and see the Wildcats in person. Plus maybe watch a couple games on TV. Uh, how are you feeling about the Wildcat defense this season overall, just overall impression so far, even though it is young and it's only been what, nine games. How are you feeling about the defense thus far? It's already been nine games. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I think they'll continue to improve. Um, yeah. In her defense, she's all up in their faces. I think she'll get more steals. And like we've already talked about, the energy will continue to to rise. And um, just I think they'll just get better and better as the season goes on. Yeah, and I think that you know, obviously, we talked about injuries. That's a factor here too, right? Uh, yeah. you, you come in with you, you come in with the the roster. You think that will will be a winner. Then folks get hurt and you're like, all right, I need to adjust and respond. And so, you know, and you got lineups that aren't used to playing together because they're forced to now into a situation. And so maybe that's a factor here too. You know, assignments are important in defenses. And if you can't rely upon somebody else because they don't know what their assignment is or they're focused on something else, that can create problems too. So I think you're right, Brooke. I think that time, as time goes on and players get comfortable playing in some of these lineups together, improves, things go, things go better. So it is what it is. But unfortunately, like we said, the Wildcats fall in this one. Tarlin State is a good team. And so they fall of 86 to 69 in this one. Wildcats now four and five on the season. So now just falling just below 500, but uh, plenty of opportunities to get back up. So let's look forward now to this week's game. Wildcats are going to hit the road one more time. And uh, they're going to take the trip back to uh, Grand Forks, a place that uh, they haven't been in a while. Dominique, did you ever make the trip to Grand Forks? I think is that North Dakota or North Dakota State? North Dakota. 
North Dakota. I'm pretty sure where they, they used to be a part of the conference. Yeah, they used to be the conference. So yeah. Yes, that is a very t- <laughs> tough, tough arenas to play. And I'm not going to, they have some really good fans. They usually have really good turnouts. Um, I'll be interested to see if it is the same, but that was always, it's always fun to play there because you know that their fans are going to bring energy. They want to see their team win. But, I'm, you know, you always want to see the Wildcats get an upset. So, <laughs> hey, I like those. I like Wildcat upsets. <laughs> Yeah, because like right now, you know, I was like, oh, okay, um, North Dakota's been out of the league for a little bit, like you know, so it's like, all right, like what, 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 what are they doing now? I, I don't really know, right? So I had to go check, like, all right, where, where, where are they at right now? Right now, North Dakota sits at five and three overall. They've got some, they've got some quality games. You know, Summit League is not bad. Um, they've got some, they've got some wins uh, under the belt. They've played Montana State and Montana both, but they lost to both. Um, and so that's something to, to, to be considered. They've also lost to Grand Canyon. And so it's like, okay, they had a string, a string of three L's there against some quality competition. Um, but they've taken care of business against, you know, just about everybody else. But it feels like aside from those, those good games, cause we know what Montana state is, you know, the Wildcats saw them in the conference tournament last year. Uh, even though they were able to steal one in Bozeman, uh, did not work out quite as well in the tournament. Uh, Darian White goes off in the second half, and well, they're conference champions. So, and Montana, um, uh, Brooke, what was that? What was the name of that girl? That we we were at the Montana game in the D last year. Uh, uh, what was her name? It was like a flu. Uh, do you remember? <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, yes. Carmen Fluger <laughs> or something like that. Anyway, she she yeah. she was. She was a big player for them, so it's understandable. Like, yeah, Montana has continued to improve. Uh, but when I look at North Dakota's schedule, I go, hmm, kind of soft. You know, maybe it's a little bit soft. And I look at some of these names, and I'm like, I don't really know that they're really all that great. So I think an opportunity for the Wildcats maybe to to win because, like, you know, you got they've got a 77 over to 30 win over Wisconsin Superior. My guess is they're probably D2 or lower. I'm not, I'm not going to put a lot of stock in that win. Right. Uh, so going into this one, doing a little bit of research about North Dakota, the thing that stood out to me is that defensively they're tough. They lead the summit league right now in opponent field goal percentage. They hold teams to just 37% from the floor. Uh, the wildcat offense, like we said in the last segment has had some bad offensive quarters this year. And so Question to you guys. Do you think that they can stay consistent? Because I think that's the key here in this game. If they can stay consistent, think that this can happen. But when you when you have a down quarter where you're only getting you know a handful of buckets, three, four, five buckets in a in a quarter, that's tough. Uh so I don't know your thoughts. Can 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 they find that consistency in the face of this tough defense? Brooke, I, I want to go to you first. Well, I- I hope so. <laughs> right, because we're not sure, um, right? Yeah, going back to even the Utah State game, uh, they were leading the game but had a cold spell, and then Utah State started hitting every shot. We were hit, started hitting no. As long as they, they just can't have those little cold spells that just kind of kill the whole game. I, I hope so. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean that Utah State game was very winnable. The Aggies are not a great team in the Mountain West right now, and so that looked like a hey, that's a dub. We can we can win that one. But like you said, a, a cold spell late in the game and uh, gives the Aggies an opportunity to get back, and they pull it out. And it's like, man, 
that's a bummer. That's, that's, you know, if you're a fishing person, that's one that got away, man. <laughs> that one got away. But Dominique, yeah. what, are you, what, are, what are you thinking on this one? Because like we said, uh, a stout defensive team holding teams to 37%, but like we said, that strength of schedule, maybe not the best. So when they've played tough teams, they've given up, let's see, you know, 66, uh, they've given up 77, 77, or they gave up 82. They gave up 73. I mean, when teams are scoring, they're scoring, they're getting, they're getting there. They're getting up in the 70s and 80s. Can the Wildcats be a team that gets up in the 70s and 80s against this team? Yeah, I really, I think they, I think they can. I think, um, I'm sure this is being emphasized this week since they are a good defensive team. They just played a good defensive team. So I think there's been a lot of emphasis on how are we going to come out and how are we going to play North Dakota if they're going to have that kind of same pressure. Um, mm. I think like, since you're saying that a lot of teams are scoring, I think I, I can probably see North Dakota as a team that once you probably hit a few buckets on them or you're really like applying the pressure back to them, they might crumble. So mm. I can see that, that. I'm sure this is probably been emphasized this week, just making sure they come up with a lot of energy, just making sure there isn't that, you know, there can't be a quarter lapse. You can have, a, you know, there's going to be, basketball is a game of runs, right? So you're going to have a few good runs, a few bad runs here and there, but you cannot have, you know, a bad quarter. So I'm sure that's been emphasized this week since they just, you know, just faced that. But I think they're going to apply a lot of energy and um, I think that'll really make a difference. So I think if they uh, just attack first and don't let North Dakota attack them first, I think it's going to be a totally different game as we've seen, you know, some of the big sky teams that they've already played. Yeah. And like you said, the energy on defense really breeds easy buckets on offense because it can get into transition, but you do have the challenge of having to travel to Grand Forks, which I don't know if you folks know this. It's a weird trip. Grand Forks is in a weird spot. North, you know, North Dakota is not an easy state to get to. It's it's weird, guys, because you know why? Because no one goes there. That's why. It's not like you can fly into a major airport like, hey, it's not like going to Portland State where it's like, yeah, we're going to Portland. Like, this is easy. Or, you know, even even the NAU trip is not too bad. It's, you know, the elevation gets to you. But, like, you're flying to Phoenix and then you're driving north for two hours. Ah, okay. This one? Oh, man. Grand Forks? How do you even freaking get there? I don't know. I've never even been there. So, I got to think that the travel plays plays a role. And so... I think you're right, Dominique. If it's not an emphasized thing with this team to come in with energy, it could be tough to get the offense going because if they're not showing up with energy, it's clear that North Dakota, they, they're playing at home, man. They're used to playing here. They didn't have to travel this weird route to get to Grand Forks. They live there. I don't know why you do that, but they do. <laughs> and so, you know, it's like if, if the Wildcats don't bring the energy, they they put themselves instantly at a disadvantage because they're already at a disadvantage playing on the road in this one. Looking uh, looking a little bit more though, because North Dakota plays that aggressive defense, they foul a lot, and so the Wildcats are a pretty good free throw shooting team right now. They're shooting seventy two percent as a team from the line. Um, how do you how do you guys think that the Wildcats take advantage of North Dakota's aggressiveness? And make it work against them, right? And so it's like, hey, you want to be aggressive? We're going to draw fouls, and we're going to get to the free throw line early, and we're going to make you pay for it because if you if you start getting folks in foul trouble, it blows up their whole strategy, right? Because like, oh, this guy's got to sit, or you know, this lady's got to sit now. Uh, we got to we got to make adjustments. How can the Wildcats make that aggressiveness work against the Fighting Hawks? Get to the free throw line, you know, get some free points because they are a great free throw, free throw shooting team. Um, what do you think it's going to take to make that work against them? Because sometimes. Yeah, it, it can be overwhelming when a team's really aggressive. You know what I mean? And it's like, ah, oh, I just don't want to deal with this. Like they're, 
I think they've just got to play their game, which is getting it into Jaden, um, Amelia. They're not available taking it themselves. And don't, don't panic. It seems like sometimes we like when people are aggressive, they kind um with Seattle, they, pre- they they did full court press majority of the game. Hmm. And Weber did get through, but they did panic a little bit and got, there's a few times where I was like, okay, you know, get hit the person and get, yeah. So as long as they panic, and it seems like, you know, teams in the past have panicked too. And I feel like I've talked about that the seasons, but I, I think just sticking to, you know, what they do best, which is, Take her players. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, if, if you're uh, if you're a men's hoops fan, you'll remember um, oh, the freak, the Peary guy that was up at Portland State. Dude always ran full press all the time, every freaking game, and I feel like it didn't work because like uh, we knew it was coming. It's like this is what they're gonna do. And they're going to do it. And so, you know, you just, you know, get two guys, bring the ball up the floors, pass the ball. Like, okay, now we're across half court and your press doesn't mean anything. And that happened all the time. And so it was just like, all right, man. So I think in this case, you know, you've seen, like you said, Brooke, seen some press already this season. If they're going to be aggressive like that, um, then there's going to be opportunities to throw the ball down the court, you know, kind of like look ahead, have some court vision. Dominique, what do you think? I mean, how does a team make that aggressiveness work? against their opponent so that, you know, they're getting in foul trouble. They're maybe discombobulated on defense because they're committing so many forward. What do you think? Um, I just, they just have to be smart. Uh, you mentioned that North Dakota is that they foul a lot. So all yeah. you have to do is be smart, run the offense, play with pace, but be also be smart. A lot of that since, uh, since the previous team scored a high amount on them and had a high volume, I'm assuming it's just kind of like a, it's almost a fake pressure, right? They're in your face. Or, oh, they're probably flying all over the place. But all you have to do is play smart. Backdoor, shot fake. Now you're blown by, and now you're to the rim, and now it's a foul. And I can see them doing that all, all, all night. That could be the entire game. So all I have to do is just play smart. Um, the coaches have given them the keys. I'm just watching them, just watching them play Tarleton. They have the keys. The offense is there. The press breaks are there. All you have to do is play smart and just slow down your mind. That's usually that's usually how I feel like that's kind of how it works when you're playing a fast team and a team that likes to foul. All you have to do is kind of play smart, take a step back, let the offense blow, and you'll get there. And they're going to foul you. So all I think of is their biggest emphasis is just playing smart and just just play the game, run the sets. You know, I think that's what it, that's going to be the biggest key in my opinion. And I think it's a good point too, because I think it plays to Jaden and Monka's strengths where, like you said, you're going to, you're going to, you know, use some quickness to the hoop so that they're going to have to slide late and respond late, which usually creates foul opportunities, but also some of that pump fake, some of that shot fake, right? I feel like Monka and Jaden are so good at that stuff that if, if they're going to commit because of their aggressiveness, they're going to go to the line a lot. And that's the thing that they already do well. So like you said, if they play smart and they play to their strengths, they're going to create opportunities for themselves, uh, which free points, free points from the free throw line, man. I'll take them all night. Who doesn't like free points? <laughs> hey, I love them. I love but, just, but you got to make them. That's the thing. You got to make them. Right. And, uh, and, and the Wildcats are making them right now. So it's good. Yes. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about North Dakota. And like, I, I did some research. I was like, all right, who stands out on the squad? Who is the person that maybe will 
attract some defensive attention from the Wildcats that you need to slow down or maybe you let that person go off. And that person is North Dakota junior guard, Casey Borowitz. She leads the Summit League in points. She's averaging 21 a game. Um, she's also leading in assists, so she's a good facilitator. Uh, I have to go back really quickly and check uh, and see what uh, how many assists she's averaging, in, averaging per game. But um, overall, she's been doing a really good job of not only scoring the ball, but also distributing the ball, which I think is kind of a rare combination, right? Like usually if you're a person who is scoring a lot, you're not usually a person who's passing a lot. So it creates in interesting things. But right now, Casey Borowitz, she's averaging 4.8 assist, assists per game um, in eight games. So, you know what I mean? Like she's she's getting almost five assists a game. So you have to respect her ability to pass. My guess, having not seen North Dakota play yet, is that she attracts the defense when she drives in and somebody cuts back door. That's my guess. And so there are a lot of these little dump off passes where the defense commits. Somebody's moving off ball, easy buckets. That's my guess. Or the opposite of that, she drives in, the defense collapses, she kicks back out, somebody open from three, they knock it down. That's my guess. How do you, how do you slow that down? Or, or how do you like not bite too hard on some of that and draw the defense? Or do you just say, listen, she's going to get hers. That's what happens we're just going to commit to defending the rest of the team and make somebody else beat us. Cause I've seen, I mean, I'm a Utah jazz fan, you know, before the, before the Suns traded for Devin Booker, that is exactly the way the jazz played Devin Booker. Go ahead and go off for 60. We don't care. Make somebody else beat you. And they usually couldn't. How do you guys see it? Like, do you think that like, it's a matter of like, no, we're going to slow her down and that's going to be enough to slow the offensive production. Or is it just a, we're going to guard everybody else. Well, we're not going to allow those backdoor cuts. And uh, go off for 30, Queen. Somebody else is going to need to get 20 to beat us. I think, yeah, you just have to maintain her. Uh, I'm sure people kind of have the same style for Weaver State. Because um, at the end of the day, Monk is going to score. At the end yep, of the day, Monk is going to score. score. Yeah, so I, I can count on those two every time that they're probably going to get a bucket. So I think it's really uh, just trying to maintain her and just trying to uh, make her pass out to others or make her kind of give it up, but also just try to maintain her at the same time. She can't go off for 20 something, you know, can't have five assists and all that. We have to kind of, you know, just kind of maintain her and then kind of force others to kind of step up. Can they step up? We'll have to see. But I think if you don't maintain her and you allow others to step up, it's going to be a long game. It's going to be a hard game. But I think if you maintain her and make others step up, I think it'll be a totally different game. Yeah, Brooke. And so, I mean, do you think that, that's the way where it's like, listen, we're going to, we're going to force her to pass the ball back out because she wants to, but then we're going to play tough defense on that person and be like, Hey, hey she might be able to beat us, but I, you think that's the gamble? I think, I think I've heard, heard um, even coach V say this before, before where, you know, the is going to do what they do best. So you try to maintain, you know, contain, her as much as you can kind of you you kind of take away her her teammates so I guess try, try to force her to maybe do it all if she you know I, I brain and my mouth don't ever like go <laughs> together like I have all this stuff, stuff and then like I what is that even mean <laughs> word you feel like that was word salad what is that <laughs> yeah even me was that even an answer to the question? Yeah, like, it was. Holy cow. <laughs> nah. 
Well, I'll ask one final question about North Dakota here. Um, and it was either a question about their rebounding ability or about the Wildcats assisting. And I think I want to go with the rebounds because I think it's going to play a factor here. North Dakota also leads the Summit League in rebounding as a team. They average 40.9 a game. The other, five, the other side of that, Weber State is second in the conference in Big Sky for, at 39.4 a game. So they're right there. They're, they're almost averaging 40 themselves a game. So how do the Wildcats make sure that they're the ones in position? Because it feels like this is going to be a huge battle in the paint all day. It's going to be, you know, it's all going to be all about positioning and boxing out and making sure that they're in a position to get the ball, not your opponent. And I, I probably think that whoever wins that battle probably wins the game. Dominique, how do you see it? How do the Wildcats make sure that they're in those positions to get those rebounds, take away possessions from the Fighting Hawks, and get the ball back down on their side to uh, create points? Um, I would just say first, just on just on the offensive end, offensive end, what kind of shots are you taking? I okay. think good, good shot selection will definitely help with that rebounding perspective because then that means, A, North Dakota is getting less rebounds if we're getting layups and we're getting fouled. Um, I think that is going to play a big part if we were shot, shot selection is good and just that they're taking those easy shots and getting to the rim, you know, or taking a lot of free throws, like that'll help out a lot. Um, I would just say on the defensive end, just kind of also, again, shot selection. What are you forcing them to shoot? Um, if okay. you're letting them beat you and get layups, that's not, that's not going to help with us getting a lot of rebounds, you know, because they're for 90% of the time probably going to make it. But I think just kind of making them take those tough shots so we, so that there is an opportunity to rebound. But um, I just think it all boils down to shot selection for both teams. Um, we want them to take tough shots, but we want to be taking easy shots. So I think that'll help with just kind of the rebounding, especially since they are a good rebounding team. We just want to be making sure that we are taking those. Um, which I always say we, you know, Wildcat, Wildcat forever. But so I just, you know, just want to be able to see those, you know, those good shots on our end and those bad shots on their ends. Yeah. Brooke, I'll give you the final word. Um, rebounding. How do the Wildcats make sure that they win that battle? Because like I said, I really think that whoever wins the rebound battle probably wins the game. I like Dominique's answer. I think that's... <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, shot selection for both sides, that answer. And then just being in position to get those rebounds on either side. Um, uh, don't let them in front of you. Box out. <laughs> Yeah, focus on those fundamentals and uh, good things will happen for you. I think it's that's a, that's a fair take. So, folks, that's the Fighting Hawks. Uh, that game will be coming up on Saturday. Um, so here, let's go to the upcoming schedule here. So Saturday, December 10th at North Dakota, 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. There was no information on the website about where this game might be viewed. Might be on ESPN Plus. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what website it might be on. So you just have to kind of watch. Um, if you if you watch a lot of times on Twitter, uh, when they announce the game, you know, it's getting close to game time, include a link if it's going to be, if you can watch it somewhere. So watch that. Uh, there should be an opportunity and they may do that on Facebook as well. So if, you, if, it's, if it's not in the app, if it's not on the website, if it's not on ESPN Plus, uh, you may you may maybe check social media on game day and you should be able to find out where that game can be viewed. Then Saturday, December 17th, so a week off. Then back home, Wildcats take on Utah Tech. Hopefully get revenge for the men. Didn't go so well on Saturday for the men. And so the ladies will get their chance to take on Utah Tech. Um, 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time in the Palace. Tickets at WeberStateSports.com. Or if you're like me out of market, you can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Um, I like that because I like to hear my guy, Gar Sideline. Love Gar Side. Gar Sideline calling women's basketball again this year. So love to see that. Uh, then a, a tough opponent coming to the Palace. Tuesday, December 20th, 
The Wildcats will take on the University of Utah. They've got some big wins already. They've upset some ranked teams this season. And so uh, this could be a this could be a fight. This game is going to be at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on, like I said, Tuesday, December 20th. Tickets at WeberStateSports.com or go to ESPN Plus and watch the game. Uh, go to the game. Uh, Tuesday night, the 20th. I guarantee you're not doing nothing. We won't be doing the show that night. We will be moving the the women's basketball show to Tuesday nights. We probably won't do it that night, though, because doing the show in the middle of the game is kind of weird. <laughs> so we have to move that week. But uh, but overall, I mean, go to the game. This is going to be a big one. And I think that it's really going to be a test for the ladies to see how much they've grown. Then conference play gets started. There's Christmas break, holiday break. Then Thursday, December 29th, uh, the, Walk- the Lady Wildcats will be on the road uh, going to Northern Colorado. Uh, that game will be at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, ESPN+. Plus. Then Saturday, December 31st at Northern Arizona, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, ESPN+. Plus. Then another break for the New Year's holiday. And back at it. Saturday, January 7th at Idaho State, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Stripes. We got a saying here at Weaver State Weekly. We don't lose to the stripes. So don't lose to the stripes. If you want to get tickets, though, and head up to that game, Pocatello, it's a Saturday. You can drive up to Pocatello, root the the ladies on against the stripes. Go to isu.edu slash tickets. You can get your tickets there. Go support them. It's not that far away. Go boo the rival and go support the Wildcats. Or if you're like me and you're out of market, you can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Um, Dominique Williams and Brooke Minnick, want to thank both of you for doing uh, the first women's basketball show of this young season. Um, really appreciate both of you. I'll wrap up the show. Email us, WeberStateWeekly at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, like we said at the top. And then you can go to patreon.com slash WeberStateWeekly and become a patron and support us. And then, like I said, we're going to be doing some blog stuff, trying to remember Coach Jay Hill and uh, his awesome tenure at Weber State. Really grateful to the Hill family for everything that they've done to turn around the football program and make it what it is. Um, grateful for their legacy here. I hope they build the statue because Coach Jay Hill definitely deserves it. Uh, the winningest coach in Weber State history. Sad day to see him go, but uh, really proud of everything that he's done here. So, ladies, we'll wrap it up like we always do. Weber State, Weber State. Great, great. Great. Great, great, great. <laughs> go Wildcats. <laughs>